Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politics. Where's the intro music? We it's are funny. live. You, you just say that every time. We're live hear. on the road here at our Airbnb in Atlanta, Georgia, at the G3 conference. Of course, you guys already know Waterboy, Chop Knox, Pastor Toby. We also have Dr. James White, Virgil and Trouble Walker, and Pastor <laughs> Doug Wilson. <laughs> wow. Virgil's in the hot seat. Yeah. That and then we got Dwayne fast, in the background with the did. bar. Yeah. We got Nick, we got Daniel, we got a whole crew here, Matt from How to Build a Tent Maybe in the background. More people coming in. Too. Jared, more people coming in. Jared Longshore. No, I haven't had Jared, Jared in the background. From Founders Ministries. I haven't had dinner tonight, so um, bear with me. <laughs> But we're gonna we're gonna get into this. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you put us on this couch and them on that couch. That's the hot seat. Is it us versus is them? It? Yeah. Oh. I think, build bridges, not walls. We're sorry, y'all skins. Although, what is this like? There's kind of a pattern here. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Oh, I, mean, I have it no is, idea what you're talking like, about. Yeah. I don't see anything. Oh. I just want to say though. So you're not colorblind. You did it. Uh, I'm just uh, saying, you did it. Uh, well, I, I don't know what you I, mean I by it. But. Okay, so Virgil, you yes. and Daryl had a live show today yeah. at G3. Yeah. And you guys um, were talking about woke worship. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe just kind of start at the basics there. Yeah. Give us a definition, working definition, and, and then kind of cover where you guys work yep. to. Well, what we did was I, had a, I actually had a conversation with a guy in... Uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and he was <clears throat> over, pr- providing oversight for a number of worship pastors. And the conversation that we had went something like, you know, he was really excited about what he was doing in different churches. He was trying to figure out what he could do to ensure that each place where he was, you know, speaking into, these were his words, had a black person, a Hispanic person, a female on the you know, on the the stage. No Asians. No. Uh, and, and, <laughs> not Nebraska. I was going to say we're in Nebraska. I was going to say we're in Omaha, Nebraska. It's Basic hard. supply and demand. There. Yes, it's, it's a supply and demand. Uh, supply and demand. <laughs> one, 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 one. Well, the only one Asian guy just can't go to every <laughs> church. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just way too much traveling. Way too much traveling. <laughs> so I, out of that, I, I kind of started germinating an idea around. I knew this was coming up. We were trying to figure out a topic. Uh, for you know, for the G3 conference, I had a conversation that basically with Knox. We were talking about some things, kind of texting back and forth. I I actually was joking. I, I mean, we were don't joke with me. I, right? Don't joke. Yeah. With me. No, I mean, so, I was really joking. I said, oh, we got to do woke worship, and and then we were trying to figure out where, where would we go with that. Uh, from that, I kind of went and did some research and and looked at the fact that in 1960 it was Martin Luther King Jr. who on Meet the Press had the famous statement that uh, at the 11 o'clock hour in every church in America, that's the most segregated hour in America. Right. Uh, and then we looked at how that, 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 that quote from 1960 has continued to permeate the culture everywhere you go. Especially divided by faith, right? Absolutely. It's a huge quote to that book. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, th- when you think about that and, and listen to um, woke evangelicalism, you would think that things for blacks are actually worse today than they were in 1960. There, there may have been some, some, some meat around the bones of the statement for King when he made, when, when he made the statement. Mm-hmm. Those, those issues are far gone today, but we still act as if things are worse. So we, we just started kind of investigating that, taking the, the leap off of that quote and trying to examine, is there reality to that? Uh, if so, what kind of weight is there? And really, we, we really wanted to unpack what are the presuppositions behind 
the idea in the first place. And really what they are is that there's something sinfully wrong in white evangelicalism. Uh, there's something absolutely wrong with the fact that there's an quote-unquote all-white church uh, while at the same time casting a blind eye to what's happening in predominantly black churches. Mm -hmm. So we, we unpacked that. We had a great time kind of doing that, talking through some of those issues, and, uh, and that, was, that was a part of our show. So what did you conclude from that? I don't know. There were, there were many conclusions that okay. were really very different. I mean, yeah. um, we, we, we talked about common themes that we've talked about on our show before, uh, the issue of the fact that, that racial reconciliation is a misnomer, that we really need to look at defi biblical definitions around around man and making sure that we understand that that the, that the Bible doesn't see races; it sees ethnicities. Uh, the fact they do the police though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, I like what you're saying. I just want the police to be like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I I I think that's I think that's a great point. The issue the issue really is within within the church walls. Though, what, what's happening? What's what's really right, right. what's really going on? Um, again, there, there are always going to be race, racist police officers. There's always going to be racial, or I don't even want to say race because you, you use that word and you, sure. and I know you really you miss mean, it. Yeah. There's always going to be sinful men doing evil things That's in right. bad places, That's right? right. Yeah. And right. so we know that, and, and being, being aware of that, we, we want to we make sure that we don't label an entire culture of people in, on, the, on the basis of what one person is going to do. <laughs> That's you do. What you can do is throw in the, the question, what is the ideal mix What's the ideal demographic mix? So if you say that that church is too white or this church is too whatever, yeah. say, okay, what ought it, ought it to be? Right. What should it be? Right. Mm. And if you can't answer the question, and you can't. That's right. That's <laughs> right? right. You can't answer the question. Yeah. But if you can't answer the question, then that tells you that this, will, whatever you do, will never be enough. Right. Can I try to answer the question, though? Because I can hear it right now in my head. It was like, it should look like heaven, Pastor Wilson. <laughs> so right? if I, if it I, should look like right. heaven. So right. if, I'm, if I'm pastoring a church in northern Idaho, which is little Norway. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> right. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a close-up of that? Can we get a close-up of that? I don't, I, I don't think that he ought to act hurt because he moved there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. He got a point. He got a point. And I'm happy about it. I, I, I should take this opportunity to tell a story on the uh, family. We had the Shannons over to our house for Sabbath dinner when they first arrived in Moscow. And... Um, Blair, one of my granddaughters, was still a lap child, two, maybe two years old. And um, my wife was talking to uh, Sharon, and, and, and she was telling about the woes they had in Georgia. And she said, and then we concluded that we were pretty much the only black Presbyterians in Georgia. <laughs> and and then true. Blair leaned forward, little top, leaned forward and said, and we're the pink ones. <laughs> <laughs> The point is, in, if you if you're a pastor in Finland, right. if you're if you're a pastor in the Congo, yeah. in the if you're a pastor in Central China, mm -hmm. why on earth does your church have to look like heaven? Right. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. You, what, what you're doing is you're turning the church into a social uh, social engineering lab, right. where you're trying to picture what you think heaven's going to be like. And, you, and you, who has a good idea of that? Right. Yeah. And then you're postulating what the ratios are going to be. Right. And then you're yeah. saying, and then you're guilting everybody for not having those ratios. And if they attain to those ratios, that's when you would change your mind, because 
oh no, it's not. That's not good enough because woke Christianity runs on guilt, right. mm-hmm. and whatever you do, it will never ever be enough by definition. At the, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this is Christ's church, and He's the one who builds His church. Right. And so we're we're not we're not the ones to kind of go out and figure out aesthetically what that needs to look like and how we need to. I, I use I use the term evangelistic affirmative action. Right, we're, we're trying to figure out right. how we go about That's right. Right, bringing yeah. in the the, yep. num- the right number. Okay, we got two blacks today. I guess I won't evangelize to any more black people. <laughs> I, need to, I need to go evangelize to this can't many share, Hispanics. Can't, can't share the gospel. Can't with share you, the gospel with you. We got enough black people, so we don't need that. Our quotas are full. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, there, there is this. Okay, just to do a little pushback. There is something that's really interesting, though, and it's really beautiful in the culture of Christians that come together. When you see your Asian brothers and sisters from other countries and you see your African brothers from other countries and you guys come together you start sharing food and you understand the gospel in these contexts that's a beautiful thing it is is, but the unity in that is on the basis of Christ and him crucified right and I think that there's a a push to try and say okay we believe that we hold to that but we want to try and manufacture that the best we can or to act like there hasn't been a push in one way or another to drive by churches that you should be going to or could be going to uh, because of the very issue of race you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I get, I get, I get, I, I, man, I, I think we've been around each other long enough, at least to know. I come from a from a, a more Pentecostal background, right? Praise the Lord. Yeah, come on, somebody, <laughs> right? I, 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 yeah, yeah. He come uh, out of the Kia. Should have wore a bow tie. I believe a Kia, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I come from that background, and when you can I translate later, <laughs> I, yeah. no, no, thank you. <laughs> And when I when I came to Omaha, Nebraska, from yeah. that background, Carlton Pearson. I don't know if you have familiar yeah, all of his story. Heretic Carlton Pearson. Yeah. I came from that church. Yeah, I came from. <laughs> Did that. you really? Oh yeah, I was in the middle of that whole the whole th- the whole basis of that of that movie that was put together on Netflix. No come Sunday. Way. I, was, I was yeah. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was Carlton's hair was too. I mean, anyway, sorry. anyway, it was VHS back then, right? My point was, I, I was I was I came from that into this context where I got told when I when I went to Omaha that I would double the, the, the black population by the time I got there, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole state's maybe 3% minority, right? 3% black anyway. Right. So I was not looking for a Baptist church. I was looking for everything that you're talking about. I was looking for a church that where people who look like me and, and the music had to sound like this. Right, and right, right. The preacher had to tune up on Sunday morning, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, to, so, <laughs> so for me, when I went to all of those churches... Yeah. And for some odd reason, man, it never felt right to me. And and I think it was at that time the Lord was really drawing me more more closely uh, to more closely align with the truth of His Word. Gave me a hunger for Scripture. Gave me a hunger for the truth. And I find myself at this predominantly white, ninety eight percent white church where I where. where the, the teaching is awesome, right? Well, your personal preference aren't driving necessarily what defines a church. They weren't. It was God's right. truth. The, his, his word rightly preached. And so mm-hmm. that's, where I, that's where I landed. The issue is get to, not got to. Right. Right. So in the, in the church, in Christ, we get to fellowship across ethnic boundaries and national boundaries. We, get, we have the freedom to do that. But preachers particularly love to flip it because guilt is a is a wonderful motivator. They think mm-hmm. it's a terrible motivator, actually. But right. they want to mm. say you've got to. Isn't it a wonderful thing when there's a robust turnout to Wednesday night prayer meeting? Right. Well, you all got to be there. Right. And, well, that's a buzzkill, right? You're right. you're killing it by l- introducing law into things that mm. there's there's no 
you don't have any business introducing the law there. So, Vir Virgil, when uh, when when this worship pastor right. guy that you used to, to start start this. Well, he, he doesn't. He doesn't know that until this comes out. Then he'll know. <laughs> yeah. well, we, won't, we won't say any names. We won't say any Virgil, you're in trouble, Walker. Right. Is that thanks. what you call yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trouble Walker. No, but like, so what? What did you say, or what would you say in a situation like that, where the, where the, you're working with somebody and they, they're they're wanting to talk that way about quotas? Yeah. What, what do you say? Well, two things. I and I, I want to go back really quickly to something that. That you said about loving this diverse, you know, mix of church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not any less in love with the people of God at the church that I'm at because they're all white. Yeah. Than I would be in a in a cultural context where there were people of different ethnicities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because one thing too that was mistaken, what I was saying was that there's monolith. I was thinking monolithic about white people in that context. Right? Sure. I said something that cultures inside of white culture. I said it's one thing. Right. That's a monolithic statement Absolutely. that I made by Absolutely. itself. Yeah. Absolutely. To, to answer your question, I just asked him questions. Yeah. I really didn't. I mean, but I, I hadn't really formulated my thought process around how to address the issue. I hadn't really formulated the woke worship idea at all. Yeah. I mean, as he was saying this to me, I was like, "Really? Is that yeah. the?" I mean, I would, and I, I, I kind of posited to him, I would think he would try to find the, the best singers. The, the best musicians, the best musicians? Like, the, like yeah. the people who love God and worship Him. I, I, Shocker. Yeah, that yeah. would be. Wouldn't that be the motivation rather than the, the, the level of melanin in, the, in their skin? Oh, yeah. I guess you have a point. And, yeah. You know, we kind of left it there. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't yeah. push the envelope much. All right. Well, I, I want to. I know we're about out of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at you respecting the clock. Uh, look, I got you, bro. I got you. Um, I Sanctification. Uh, yeah, I'm growing. Okay. I'm growing. When we come back. Yes. Uh, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> you got 60 seconds. I'm watching it. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to land this thing. Okay. I want to ask Pastor Doug, though, when we get back, um, what makes modern churches susceptible mm. to this mm. thing? All right. More on cross politic right after this. Way to go. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Do you believe that you need an insurance company or do you believe that God will provide your needs? And there are people that you've never met before who are going to pray for you and meet your needs. There's another way. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. Glasgow Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local, like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community. Where's my music? It's playing. You just don't hear it. I'm all right. That's Here right. we go. I hear it. I feel it. I feel <laughs> it. Music of the angels. Welcome back to Cross Politics. We are in Atlanta, Georgia at the G3 conference, and we are hanging in our bed and breakfast. Airbnb. 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 I wouldn't do that with you. 
Thanks, Gabe. Sorry, Gabe's hungry. He hasn't eaten dinner yet. He's a Snickers. He's hangry. That's right. James White with us. We got Mr. Virgil Walker. Mr. Virgil, he's about to be in trouble, Walker. Thanks for that. Pastor Douglas. Always he really is a good Always is a Participating in the troublemaking. If you sit on the same couch, you're in trouble. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> the couch. Yeah, any, anybody that drove by this house is in trouble. Right. Um, we'll be featured on certain blogs tomorrow. <laughs> so, Doug, what, um, in your estimation, has made us susceptible to this woke? Business. I mean, so the Christian church, there's, you know, and conservative, I and mean, specifically, I'm not talking about the liberals. Yeah. I'm talking about they've con- been woke. Yeah, they've yeah, been yeah I mean, but conservatives who believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, even Calvinists, you know, yeah. people who believe in the sovereignty of God, um, uh, you know, look back to Calvin, all this kind of stuff. How, why have we been susceptible if you, if you say the NIV, a debate starts right here. So, <laughs> That's actually translation. Translation. We're coming to you. We're coming to you. It goes way before the NIV, all the way back to Westcott and Hort. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. We're ready to go. Run out. Run out. You're the moderator. You're the moderator. The best comes off. That's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is that I'd say it's a combination of two things. One is evangelicals in North America for 250, 300 years have been um, riding waves. Evangelicals are surfers, right? They, they, They are interested in the next big thing. And and some of this, and I'm not I'm not a, an opponent of revival by any means. But there's as Ian Murray shows, there's a difference between revival and revivalism. Right. And revivalism is surfing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You, and if there's anything evangelicals do, it's to catch the latest thing. You remember Promise Keepers? Promise Keepers. Yeah. Yep. Promise Keepers was the thing. Yeah. There's there's always a thing, yeah. right? And it's filling stadiums or filling auditoriums or this is the thing that Fill excites everybody. This is we're all about getting numbers, and so I think even there's that's just part of the evangelical cultural DNA okay. that everybody has. Moderate, liberal, conservative. Everybody yeah. sort of participates in in that. The second thing is that I, I think it goes back to a um, a misstep in the eighties when um, when the whole theonomy controversy mm-hmm. um, Tyler Texas blew that up. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm with if someone says, "Are you a theonomist?" I, I say, oh no, I hate God's law, you know. <laughs> and of course, and of course, that reveals that every Christian is a theonomist, right? In that we we should do what God says to do. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> now, Doctor Wine. Now, now, now you know. Now you know. His middle name is in trouble. I'm in trouble. Uh, yeah. in trouble. Yeah. I'm in trouble. You're welcome to come to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> he should be. Go up in the like, yeah. They really, they really will be in trouble if you don't let me finish the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so theonomy is simply doing it God's way, and everybody agrees on that. The debate, the real debate, is over exegesis. Uh-huh. What yeah. did God tell us yeah. to do? Right. You know, are are these Mosaic laws still applicable in the same way, etc.? That's an exegetical debate. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but what happened was 
the, the recons had their own problems, but in the re they, they made that a debate back in the 80s. It was yep. a big debate. Yep. Do, is God's law applicable yep. uh, in modern times? And basically the theonomists were shut down, run out of town. The whole thing was no, 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 no. Yeah. But then what happened, and it was I think this was the real move in it, the, uh, there was, you might call it soft leftist theonomy. Oh. Uh, came in. Yeah, uh, right, think, right. think about N.T. Oh, right, like, uh, Jim, Jim right on third world debt. Jim Wallace, where they say uh, they, they love themselves some jubilee laws. They, <laughs> yeah. they love them, you know, they, but it's cherry picking out of the Old Testament. Right. Right. And so what happened was we, uh, everybody felt kind of sheepish. Conservatives felt kind of sheepish about banishing the Bible from discussions of uh, social justice, yeah. justice in society. Yeah. And then mm. some people were right there at the door saying, well, we really need to address the root causes of poverty. We really, And it was just standard issue liberalism um, decked out in Bible verses. Right. Right. And because people had a guilty conscience, because they say what you want about the recons, at least they read the whole Bible without flinching. Yeah. You know, they said, "Well, that's a tough one, but let's go for it." You know, that that sort of thing. Right. And this was just unabashed cherry picking. Yeah, right. And so, if you said, um, if you said to N.T. Wright, who wants to forgive all third world debt, well, the Old Testament says other stuff, too. Right. He'd say, "Oh, oh, you know, oh no, we can't, do, we can't do that." Right. Well, why are you just selectively? Yeah. Why um, just the year of jubilee? Yeah, and and what's happening is the climate, the climate is a uh, totalitarian, soft leftist climate, right. and this enabled conservatives to be talking a uh, a strong Bible game while they were actually going along with mm. uh, what the world was saying. Mm. That's my. Thesis. Jay, catching a wave and feel good, uh, scratch and sniff the enemy. I put some wind in those sails. I wonder what your, what your take is on scratch, scratch and sniff the enemy. Yes. <laughs> I have to sit around for five minutes to come up with those. This <laughs> <laughs> is that why I don't bother. So. You are wearing an awesome sweater vest. I am. Which I makes am. up for everything. Yeah, yeah. I, am. I am. Wait wait till I buy Doug a, a, a real a, one. A, a real cookie. Oh, oh yes. he's going down. Is that, is that make it to Moscow. Make it as African as possible. I don't. <laughs> they're not African. They're they're, they're actually Australian. But what was it? Look on his face. All the Australians are offended right now. <laughs> I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say. Doug would never be caught dead in one of those. <laughs> I don't know. He might have a big enough heart to not make me one? feel too badly. No, we, I... we could arrange a big time bet or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something. You have to wear a Okay. How do you think we got here? You know, kind of piggybacking on that. Well, I I like the the insight that was just offered. That that's certainly one way of looking at how the door was left open, but. It's to be honest with you, I don't think the door was on any hinges in the first place. Um, what door? Yeah, yeah. Even, evangelicalism is canonically challenged. It has twenty-seven books, and not all of them are equal. John and Romans are the most inspired, and uh, Hebrews wow. is barely uh, in the group. James even show up. Ja James is downright <laughs> Luther, <laughs> Luther, Luther's right. Yeah. Throw Jimmy out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But just as Rome has a, a Dudro canon, a secondary canon for, for the Apocrypha. Apocrypha books, yeah. um, we have a Dudro canon. Uh, the Old Testament is viewed as primarily a storybook. Wow. Yeah. And so when you mm-hmm. read 1 Corinthians and you read Paul saying, you should have known yeah. that the guy who's engaged in incest needs to be put out. Well, how was he supposed to know that? By reading John? Uh, no. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. there you should was, know. Wow, that's yeah. good. Tomorrow at uh, G3, I'm going to be doing something really weird, is I'm preaching on Isaiah 6, but I'm preaching from the Greek Septuagint. Okay. And I've asked them there, have you ever had anyone preach directly from the Greek Septuagint? No English translation, just straight from the Greek yeah. Septuagint. And they're like, no, and we're a little scared. So um, <laughs> the reason I'm doing that is the Septuagint was the Bible of the early church. Right. That was what, when, when Paul said to Timothy... Uh, the scriptures which are able to make you wise into salvation through sure. faith which is in Christ Jesus. So that's what he was talking yeah, about, right, was right. the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And what Timothy, as a Greek-speaking guy, would have had would have been what we call the Greek Septuagint. Mm-hmm. Well, all scripture inspired. But, and, that's, but, and that's what it was in reference to. Yeah. And functionally, evangelicals view the Mosaic Law as a curiosity. Mm. So the idea that there is actually a moral element. Most evangelicals that I knew growing up would have said... We're not under the law. We're under grace, mm-hmm. which means we don't worry about any of that stuff back there. We don't read it. We don't look at it. We don't try to understand it. We don't try to see how it re- reflected God's character. Right. We don't try to make any type of, of modern application uh, as to what the moral content of this revelation tells us about God's character. Mm-hmm. That just is not a part of the vast majority of evangelicalism. So we didn't have any hinges on the door, so these guys come along and they start talking about justice, Right? how are they supposed to define it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the New Testament writers are assuming we already have a body of revelation that has revealed what God's holy character right. is, yeah. and so we don't have to repeat everything. Yeah, right, right, right. Right. But since they didn't, and all you've got is the New Testament, right. what have you got? How, how can you even analyze what's being said to you? And, and you're, you're in deep trouble. And on top of that, really in the, we're not under the law, we're under <clears> grace, <throat> is from Romans 6.14. And I'll quote from the NIV here for you. Uh, (laughs) The the full verse says, For sin shall not be your master, for you are not under law, but under grace. The popular received wisdom among evangelicals is that law is strict standards. Grace means that God loosened his standards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, And so in the Old Testament, you had to do it. And in the New Testament, nah, you You don't really have to. Boys will be boys. And, And so what happens is... But he doesn't change the definition of sin. Right. It's sin shall not be your master, for you're not under law. So being under law, for Paul, meant condemnation. It meant you, you were under law when you couldn't stop sinning, right. and you couldn't stop being condemned because you couldn't stop sinning. Mm. And the law was strict and condemned you. Right. But being under grace means that you're liberated from sin. Right. You're, right. you're, you're, right. uh, you're liberated from condemnation. Yeah. But the right. definition of sin doesn't change. Right. Right. right? The definition of God's, it's still a violation of God's holy character as right. revealed in his word. Right. A few years ago, I did a series, uh, 35 long sermon series. Um, <laughs> Through Romans that's not long for no, 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 it's not. <laughs> but on, on the holiness code. Yeah. Um, and the, I looked for, not only did we do did the holiness code in Leviticus, yeah. but we jumped into Deuteronomy. We covered the toughest texts. I didn't want to dodge anything. Yeah. 
So if two men are fighting and a woman reaches out and grabs yeah, yeah. The, the man, uh, yeah. her hands, we did a sermon on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was that, that? Seeker, was that Seeker Sunday? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we didn't have a Seeker Sunday. <laughs> that would have ended that. All the Seekers would be interesting. The reason, the, but the reason we did that was I didn't want the people in my congregation to be able to say to anyone, you know, we've... We've never addressed those things because, right. because why? Well, because we really do believe all scripture is given, all scripture is theonistos, including that text. C.S. Lewis, Lewis once said that of some older preachers of another era, he said if the, if the text had had smallpox, the sermon wouldn't have caught it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, we would have gotten the smallpox because we, we, we went after everything. And the, the point was that you can and you must deal with the reality if you're going to answer what our society is saying to us on issues such as homosexuality, marriage, uh, genetic manipulation. I don't care what it is. If we don't have everything God has given to us in scriptures, right. we're, we're going to be guessing. We're going to be making it up as we go along. i yep. got to stop us right here. See, this is great. It's, we're going to keep going. But you're not. You're going to move on to the next show. But if you are a Fight, Laugh, Feast club member, you're going to get whatever happens in the next 30, 40, mm. hour and a half. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going to sleep until so, we get this problem solved. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're single... not getting lunch either. You know, <laughs> if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. So until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. <laughs>